This is the Elevate Church Podcast. For a list of messages and for all updates about events and more information, check out our Instagram, Facebook, or visit elevate.city. Thanks for checking out the podcast. Here's today's message. Uh, today's message, if you take notes, you can write down thirsty. And I brought one of my favorite things in the whole entire world, a McDonald's Coke with me this morning. Can we give it up for McDonald's and give it up for Coca-Cola Classic? Listen, now look. Yes, I know, Christine. Listen, 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 Christina has been eyeing these things from the moment they came in. And look, it is so cold. Yeah, you can. Yes, yes, yes. All right, anybody else a fiend? You're a fiend. You're a, co- a co- okay, okay. We have, I know, what's up with all these healthy people in the house, okay? Listen, look, look, God would not have made sugar if he didn't want us to drink it in, 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 in mass quantities. I mean, look at this. I mean, I mean, look how fantastic this is. I mean, this is like sweet nectar from God, from heaven. Reese? Yeah, that's my girl. Listen, that is my girl, Reese. Give that to her. Come on. Every day, yes. Yes, listen, I love when I go to McDonald's in the morning, and I get like a sausage biscuit, and they're like, would you like a coffee? I'm like, no, I don't want coffee. I want the largest Coke that you can give me right now. I need that caffeine and sugar to fill my body. Anybody else? There's one more. Oh, listen. Oh, that's my girl. Listen, listen, listen. You know, look. Yes, 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 yes. Do you see that smile? It's like ear to ear, okay? I I promise you. You know how there's like in Willy Wonka, the chocolate factory, there's a chocolate river? In heaven, I'm going to have a Coke river, a McDonald's Coke river, okay? You're like, what are we doing right now? Listen. (laughs) <laughs> I love Coke, and I especially love Coke on Sundays, okay, especially after church. I'm usually pretty tired. I've talked a lot, and, and there's just something about you sit down at a restaurant, and you get a Coke, and I usually tell the girl, like, bring me, like, two or three. Like, just, just, just make it happen. You know, let's just let's get this going. But I love, love, love the feeling of McDonald's Coke. Can I get an amen on that? I mean, I know there's Coke in a can. I know there's Coke in a bottle. But listen, McDonald's Coke, I know, I know so many of you are judging me right now. And it's okay. It's all right. There's grace for all of us, okay? There's goodness for all of us. But today we're talking about thirsty. And we're not talking about being physically thirsty. We're going to talk about how our souls and our emotions get thirsty in life and how Jesus wants to restore that. You know, we can get thirsty for love. You know, listen, I'm, listen, can I give a shout out to my wife today? She is looking hot today. She, I mean, she is, woo! I walked in this morning, I'm like, I am thirsty for some Jessica Workmeister this morning. Amen. Lord is good to me. (laughs) People are going to be like, I'm never coming back to this church in Jesus' name. You know, we can be thirsty for love, we can be thirsty for acceptance, we can be thirsty for approval. What's interesting about these things in life is that no matter how old we get, we're always thirsty for love. 
We're always thirsty for approval. We're always thirsty for things in this life. It never, ever stops. I like so desire the day that I stand with Jesus and he just fills me forever. Uh, my soul never thirsts and yearns for anything else ever again because it's just so satisfied by Jesus. And Jesus meets this woman in John chapter 4. You can go with me there. John chapter 4. It'll be on the screen if you don't have it. John chapter 4, verse 4. And her soul is thirsty in looking to be fulfilled. Verse 4 said this. He had to go through Samaria on his way. Eventually he came to a Samaritan village. Verse 6. Jacob's well was there and Jesus was tired from a long walk sat wearily beside the well at noontime. Soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Please give me a drink. Verse 8. He was alone at the time because his disciples had gone to the village to buy some food. The woman was surprised for Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritan women. And she, was, and she said to Jesus, You are a Jew, and I'm a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? Jesus replied, if you only knew, if you only knew. I think there's these moments where we come into service or, you know, we're having a long day or a long week and we're, we're tired and we're weary and our souls are weary and Jesus is going, if you only knew, if you only knew, I want to take care of you. And that's what I felt this morning. I felt like Jesus was saying, listen, I want you to bring your weariness. I want you to bring your tiredness. I want you to bring your guilt. I want you to bring your shame. I want you to bring your failures. Look, and I want to make this abundantly clear when I talk about guilt or shame. Look, look guilt and shame can come from anything, okay? I mean, let, let's take, take the whole Coke thing. You know what I mean? I mean, think about how many times in this life in 2019, you know, People shame you for drinking a Coke. Man, I need help. Jesus said, no. But you see what I mean? We can find guilt and shame from anything in life. I can, I can feel guilty about, uh, you know, like, I'll be honest. I felt guilty all week because I haven't been home. I haven't been home. I haven't seen my kids. I haven't taken care of my family. You know, I've been doing the Lord's work. You can find guilt and shame anywhere. And Jesus goes, I just want you to bring it to me. He said, if you only knew... He goes on to say, the gift God has for you and who you're speaking to. You would ask me and I would give you living water. Verse 11, but sir, you don't have a rope or a bucket, she said, and this well is very deep. And where would you get this living water? This is us. This is always us. This is always us trying to find how to fill our souls tangibly in this earth with things of this earth, with what we can grab with our hands and look with our eyes and smell and touch and feel. She's not even thinking on the level that Jesus is thinking. Verse 12, it said, And besides, do you think your, that yours is greater than the ancestor Jacob who gave us as well? How can you offer better water than he and his sons that he gave to his animals that they enjoyed? Verse 13, Jesus replied, Anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again soon become thirsty again. But those who drink this water I give will never be thirsty again. It's because it is fresh 
bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. Verse 15, please, sir, the woman said, give me this water and then I'll never be thirsty again. I won't have to come here to get water. Again, she is persistently thinking that Jesus is talking about natural water. Jesus is trying to get to the root of the matter, the things that are going on deep inside of her soul. Verse 16, Jesus said, go get your husband, Jesus told her. Verse 17, she said, I don't have a husband, the woman replied. Jesus said, you're right, you don't have a husband, for you have five husbands, and you're not even married to the man you're living with now. So we're going to kind of tear apart the scripture today, and we're going to kind of look at the word of God and go, God, how, how can you systematically satisfy my soul consistently, Okay. Because that's, that's, that's what we're looking for in this life, okay? In this life, we're not looking for just high mountain moments. Does that make sense? And I think so many of us have, like, grown up in church that way where we're like, man, that one Sunday was so good, or that one prayer night was so good, or that one worship night was so good, and I felt the love of God. I felt the presence of God. I felt his overwhelm. I felt him just reach into my soul and satisfy something. And then we kind of just go through the regular routine of life, and we're like, where's that? Can I get an amen from anybody? Like, that's, that's real. You know what I mean? And Jesus goes, no, I want to I satisfy your soul consistently. Like, I want to satisfy your soul on Monday. You know, like I want to satisfy your soul on hump day. You know what I mean? I mean, we're all looking to the weekend. I want, I want to be the hump day. You know what I mean? Like, like we, we play these games through the week where it's like, you know, Monday, it's like I'm back to work. I'm back to the grind. Wednesday, I'm looking forward to the weekend. Man, if I can just get to the weekend, we can have a break. And then, man, Sunday, Sunday's going to be good. I know I'm going to go to Elevate and, you know, God's going to speak to my soul. And, you know, and God's going, I want to refresh you. I want to refresh you consistently through the whole entire week so that you can just walk in my grace, in my strength. So we're going to take a look at that today. Point number one is this. Thirsty makes you search. Thirsty makes you search. If Jesus doesn't satisfy your soul, you are in for a wild ride. Okay? If Jesus isn't the one that is consistently satisfying your soul, you are in for a wild ride. Why? Because this woman had five different husbands. And let me help you understand what Jesus was talking about. These weren't her actual husbands, okay? They were just five different men that she was sleeping with. So Jesus is making it abundantly clear that when we have sex outside of marriage, that we are committing ourselves to that individual, regardless if we say that we're married to them or we're in a serious relationship or whatever we want to do. When we have sex with somebody, we are, we, are, we are making a bond, a spiritual bond. I always tell people, like, like when people have sex or, and they're not married and then they get divorced, it's like you took two pieces of wood and you liquid nailed those two pieces of wood together and you let it dry for a year and all of a sudden you rip those two pieces of wood apart and all of a sudden there's a piece of that wood and this wood and there's a piece of that wood and that wood. Get in the picture? 
It's a soul tie. It's a spiritual thing. And Jesus is making it abundantly clear that this woman is looking for something that will satisfy her soul. And she's looking to men. She's looking for a relationship, a connection that somebody, if she'll give herself sexually to somebody, somebody will satisfy her needs. Now listen, all my girls, okay, all, especially all my young girls, listen, Jesus has a way to satisfy your souls that you can't ever imagine. No man, no stinking man will ever satisfy you the way Jesus can. And God never intended for it to be that way. God intended for your soul to be satisfied 100% by him and that God would bring a godly man to you that will honor you and protect you and love you and put you first and foremost, okay? Can I get an amen from anybody? Okay? Listen, I always thought that God didn't want me to have sex before marriage because God was mean. No, God wasn't mean. God was trying to protect me. He's trying to protect my soul. And he's trying to protect your soul. So that when I found the right person and I had that season, that it was beautiful. Make sense? So here's a woman that isn't finding her satisfaction outside of just, she's finding it in men. And when we don't find Jesus to satisfy our souls, the enemy knows, listen, it might not be a man to you. It might not be a woman to you. It might be a, you know, I I need this car. I need this position. I need this status. I need this kind of money. I need this kind of, I don't know what you are wired to go after, but the enemy does. That's what I'm trying to get to. The enemy knows you. He studies you. And he figures you out, and he goes, if Jesus isn't going to satisfy your soul, I will find something that will. But the problem is, it never works. So Friday, we're at Cheesecake with my son, and we're having a meal. It's, what was it, like, I think it was like 11 o'clock at night, I think. It was super late at night. And Luke's still up. Why Luke is up at 11 o'clock at night, you know? And we're, and we're talking, and Michael, and Michael said this to me. And it it. It just blessed my heart. Michael's our 13-year-old son. He's about to be 14. Crazy town. Crazy. He said, Dad, the other night I was in the basement, and I just turned on some worship music. I just started worshiping Jesus. And he said, Dad, I've been struggling with my confidence. He said, I've been struggling with my identity and who God's made me. And he's like, when I worship, Dad, he's like, when I worship, he's like, all those thoughts go away. All those things that I deal with, like, in my mind, in my heart. He's like, Dad, it's like I just have peace. He's like, everything just settles. And I was like, yes. Yes. That's exactly what Jesus wants. That we find our identity. We find our confidence. We find our strength in the presence of him. And when we're in his presence... All the thoughts of, of who we are and, and how we perceive ourselves and what we think about life, just, they seem to just float away. And it's like you have clarity. And you see yourself as, oh, this is who God's made me. I should never be ashamed of it. Always should be proud of this. And this is what Jesus wants for this woman. Jesus wants for this woman to satisfy her in a deep, deep way. Only Jesus can truly satisfy your soul. Point number two is this. 
Coke keeps you thirsty. <laughs> Coke keeps you thirsty. Even though I love it, I know that I need a bunch of water because it's not really, really taking care of my needs. Verse 14 said this, But those who drink this water will never be thirsty again because it is fresh, bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. Now, when you and I are dehydrated, we know, like, the doctor is never going to be like, hey, go grab a Pepsi. You know, just, man, get yourself some cherry Pepsi and you'll be good to go. You know, doctor's like, you got to get fluids. You got to get water because water hydrates us. There's a same principle in the kingdom of God, okay, when our soul is dehydrated. You know what I'm talking about? Where you just have, have you ever felt distant from God? Ever felt like, man, I, I, I don't know where he's at. I don't, I don't feel his presence. I, I just feel dry inside of me. And there's a principle in the kingdom of God, and the principle is this, the Holy Spirit, okay? The Holy Spirit is meant to satisfy your soul, to rehydrate your soul. Let me read you this verse. It's in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 4. It says, in verse 4, it says, A person who speaks in tongues is strengthening personally. Okay, a person who speaks in tongues is strengthened personally. Okay, now I understand that on a Sunday morning we have so many of you from so many different backgrounds. Some of you have grown up Catholic, some of you have grown up Baptist, some of you have grown up Presbyterian, some of you have grown up many, many, many different ways. Okay, now here at Elevate Church, we believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. We believe, number one, is this, that when you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit fills you, okay? His presence fills you, okay? But we also believe here at Elevate Church that in the book of Acts, we see, we see Peter and uh, the men, they get into the upper room. It's about 120 of them, and, they're, and Jesus said, you wait upon the Holy Spirit. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit upon you to fill you with the power of the Holy Spirit, okay? Now, a lot of us in church it was very goofy how this was all presented, okay? The Holy Spirit's job is twofold. Number one, the Holy Spirit's job is to give you power, to give you strength, okay? So the Holy Spirit comes upon Peter, okay? And all of a sudden, Peter, that's the one that puts his foot in his mouth all the time, is messing up all the time, all of a sudden has 5,000 people saved. You think it's Peter? No, it's the Holy Spirit. It's the presence of the Lord upon Peter. So the Holy Spirit comes, he fills, and then all of a sudden you can walk in a strength that is not yours. There's so many times that so many of you go, how did you know what to say to me? I go, I don't know what to say to you. I don't even know what I said to you. I don't even remember what I said to you. And you go, well, it's exactly what I needed. Well, it's because the Holy Spirit that's inside of me hears from heaven and then I can speak. It's power. Does that make sense? But the other side of the Holy Spirit, as it's talking about in 1 Corinthians, is this, that when you are filled with the Holy Spirit and you speak in tongues, okay, it edifies your soul. It brings strength to your soul. So, the, so when we're praying in the Holy Spirit, we're not praying in English. We're not praying, I, I mean, 
sometimes I'm like, Michael, what do I sound like when I pray in tongues? You know, I'm like in the car and I'm more like driving down the road. I'm like, you know, and Michael's sitting there and Ben's sitting there because I want them to grow up knowing that this is absolutely normal. This is not weird. This is the presence of God. Listen, when I start praying in tongues, I can feel the power of the Holy Spirit because I'm praying God's perfect will. Okay, I'm praying directly to the throne room. It's a direct connection. Okay, So there's times I don't even know what to pray for. I don't even know how to pray. So I'll just start praying in the spirit. I'll start going, Kiro bosonta de shende de bocota de mande de bosonta de kide. Barra shanda de kide. Torre shanda de bocanda de bosonta. And I can just sense God. And I can just feel his power. And I can feel the Holy Spirit welling up in my soul and giving me strength. Okay? And the great thing about the Holy Spirit, it's a free gift for anybody that wants it. Anybody that wants it. It's not meant for just some people. I can give you 40 verses. I promise you, I've done this before. I did it with a bunch of students before that were taught their whole life. 40 Baptists. It was a bunch of Baptist kids. What was it, like 80 of them, Matt? We were there together. 80 Baptist kids that were all told their whole entire life that the Holy Spirit was not meant for them. I gave them 40 verses from the New Testament that it was meant for everybody. And I think it was 76 of them all got filled with the Holy Spirit and started speaking in tongues that day. 76 of them. 76 kids that were Baptists, okay? Why? The Holy Spirit wants to give you strength. He wants to strengthen you, your inner being, okay? So here's this woman, and she is, she is dry. She is dry. And listen, I'm telling you, there are times in your life that you are so dry, you are so broken, you are so tired that you don't have the words to speak, Right? I promise you, last night in my basement, I didn't have the words to speak. I'm tired. And I just got in the basement, and I just started praying. And I can just feel God's strength. I can feel his embrace. I can feel his love. I can feel him giving me everything that my soul needs, satisfying my soul. Can I get an amen? And listen, I want to make this abundantly clear. If you don't understand this, that's okay. If you need help understanding it, that's okay. That's our job. That's our job. Don't ever like be like, I don't understand this, and I don't get it, and, and I just stay in the dark. No, come talk to me and Jess. We are passionate about the Holy Spirit. I grew up with the Holy Spirit. I was like seven years old. I was in the bathtub. My grandma, like she was a prayer warrior of our church. I started speaking in tongues at like seven years old. And I was like, Grandma, what was that? She was like, oh, you got your prayer language. I was like, yeah, you know, I'm like seven with G.I. Joe's. I'm like, I'm like, Cobra Commander, do you believe this, you know? So, you know, so like I grew up with this. I understand that everybody grew up with this. But listen, God loves you. The Holy Spirit loves you. He wants to strengthen you. He wants to give you wisdom through the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit hydrates our souls in a powerful, powerful, powerful way. Amen, amen, amen. All right, point number three, okay? Point number three, the enemy will cause you to go back to what he's trained you to, okay? So when our soul is tired and our souls are empty, we typically do what? We go back to what we know, right? So this is what happens with Peter in John chapter 21. Peter was a fisherman. Jesus made him a disciple. He went and followed Jesus and then lost his way because he made some failures and mistakes. And then what did he do? He went right back to what he used to do. 
because that was his true old identity, okay? So we do this in life, okay? I do this like, okay, last Sunday. Um, it was our three-year anniversary. And so I take the video that we played. Wasn't that video cool with all the memories of the last three years and just what God has done? And so I take that video and I post it online. I love the Earth, Wind, and Fire song that we have, and I'm happy about it. And I post it on Instagram. And, and then, you know what? What do I do all day? You know, I was at lunch with Shannon and Christina. They saw me. What do you do? You're checking it. You're like, who's liking this? You know what I mean? Like, who, who's, who's happy for us in three years? You know what I mean? Who's happy for our church? Who's happy? You know what I mean? And, and you know what's interesting is you're not even so impressed by who likes your video. You're more impressed by who doesn't like your video. Anybody else relate to me and, on this? Listen, in life, when, when we're thirsty and we're tired sometimes, the enemy knows how to manipulate our souls to go back to things to give us a, what we would say is like a quick emotional high, okay? It's like our soul needs something quick to grab our attention. So, you know, he'll use things like social media to what? To gain approval, you know what I mean? To gain understanding or, or, or through social media, he'll use it to be a platform where we can go like, oh, I'm, I'm looking for other people who agree with me or like the things that I like or have the same opinions that I have or have the same vision that I have so that I can quickly try to find my satisfaction through other people, okay? Listen, we're, we're in a hyper, hyper-sensitive place in the world where we're looking for people to validate us. We're looking for people to give us approval. We're looking for people to satisfy our souls. And Jesus the whole time is going, listen, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. It, look, I'm not anti-social media, okay? I'm not anti the world. I love technology. I love, you know, like I love Google Maps. Thank God for Google Maps. And that it reroutes me around traffic in Jesus' name, okay? Not anti these things, okay? But these things are never meant to satisfy your spiritual needs. Jesus and Jesus alone is the only one, okay? Point number five, point number, point number four is this. She said this, where can I find this water so I don't have to come back to it? Where can I find this water so I don't have to come back to it? Listen, I said this earlier. This is a picture of our spiritual needs. We're always looking for something that is quick and tangible. You know, can I Google it? Can I find an app for it? Can you text me? I, you know, it's, it's interesting sometimes. Some people will text me sometimes or call me and they'll say, you know, I have this going on in my marriage. Can you text me some verses that will help my marriage? And I'm like, well, sure we can, but you're going to need a lot more than a couple verses text to you to help your marriage. You know, we're going we're gonna to need to dig into this and we're going to need to allow the Holy Spirit into this and we're going to need to jump into it. Listen, our natural you know, physical desire is how can I fix things quick in my life? And this is what this woman's saying. She goes, how can I get this water so I don't have to make this trip down to the well at noontime because I'm kind of the salute of the city? Because, no, let's be honest about this, because she has these five men she's sleeping with, and she's not allowed to come in the morning, so she has to come in the heat of the day. And she's going, how can I take care of this now so I don't have to keep coming? And Jesus is going, listen, we're not talking about some quick fix. When you read the New Testament, what do you see Jesus talking about all the time? You see him talking about farms. 
You see him talking about planning, sowing, time, reaping, right? So what, what is Jesus helping us to see? Jesus is helping us to see, look, when, when you have a soul that needs to be satisfied, you are going to have to sow time with me. Does that make sense? You're going to have to sow and invest into these things. Um, I remember one time somebody asked me, they were like, you know, I'm, I'm really struggling. I don't have a lot of friendships. I don't have a lot of relationships. And, and I just feel like everybody doesn't like me. And I was like, that's a lie from the pit of hell. That's not true. We have the most friendly church in the world. I said, here's what you need to do. You need to start sowing into relationships. And I said, as soon as you start sowing and investing, the word of God says, whatever you sow into, you will reap a harvest from it, okay? So if you'll start sowing friendship, if you'll start sowing love, if you'll start sowing into other people, I promise you, God will start sowing into you, and you'll find all the relationship and love that you need, amen? So this works the same way in our relationship with God. When we are sowing into the presence of God, when we are sowing into the word of God, when we are sowing time with Jesus outside of Sunday morning, all of a sudden we start walking around with our head high. We're like, man, God's really for me. God really loves me. God really cares about me. God really cares about what I care about. I mean, God is so with me, so for me in this season. We got to plant some faith. We got to plant some trust. We got to plant some grace. We got to plant some courage in life. We got to sow into the kingdom and know that God is with us. Point number five is this, okay? You're going to need to come back to Jesus consistently. You're going to need to come back to Jesus consistently. Now, this week alone, I think I've filled up my gas tank three times this week, okay? Anybody hate gasoline? You just, I mean, come on, put it up high, okay? I mean, it just... Listen, it's one of these things in life that I'm like consistently, every time I go to get gas, I'm just like, Lord, why are these Saudi Arabians so rich and have so much oil? And, and, and here I'm back at the gas tank again, you know? Like, like it's just one of those things that eats at my soul every time I got to get gas. But the reality is this. If I don't get gas... We're going to run out of gas, and the car is not going to work. You know, I'll never forget one day we were, Michael was probably four, me and Jess, we were on the way to work, and we were, like, running on fumes. Anybody ever had that before? And, and I remember, like, I'm just, like, praying. I'm like, God, please, please, God, just get us to the gas station. I remember, like, we were, like, a mile from the gas station, and it was winter and cold in Michigan, and that car just went, and I'm like, no, God, help us, help us, you know? And we rolled and rolled, and we didn't get there, and it's just the reality. The reality is, just like our car, just like our bodies, just like anything, we got to put fuel into it, okay? When I have a vibrant relationship with Jesus, that means I'm in a consistent flow of spending time with him, okay? And can we just make this abundantly clear? I'm not making time limits on that, okay? I'm sorry if you grew up in church that was like, you know, like, come here, like, girl, if you really want to know Jesus, you're going to have to, you're going to have to spend an hour in prayer each day, and you're going to have to spend an hour reading your Bible, and, and you're going to have to carve out hours and hours and hours of times. Now, is there anything wrong with that? 
No. If Sierra came to me and said, I've just been spending hours and hours and hours with Jesus, I would be like, praise God. I am so pumped for you. I am so excited for you. Now, okay, does God's love transfer any differently if she does or she doesn't? No. 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 God just wants time. Okay? So if Sierra is a busy mom, which she is a busy mom, and she has a career, and she's got a lot going on, she's doing a lot for the kingdom, and she's coming up, and she's helping at the building, and she's helping with worship here, and she's also serving in kids. I mean, Sierra serves in like 14 different areas of her church. I love it, okay? And she's busy, and she's, and, and if she goes, man, Lord, I have this 15 minutes right now, this morning, and I'm just going to seek you for this 15 minutes. Don't you think God's going to honor that 15 minutes? Don't you think God's going to be excited to meet with Sierra and hear what she has to say? Isn't I mean, God loves you, okay? God loves you. He loves Sierra. He loves spending time with you. And it's been church that has beaten to our brains that if I don't spend X amount of time with God, God is disappointed with me, and he's frustrated with me, and he doesn't want to spend time with me, and he doesn't want to hear from me, and he won't work on my behalf because I didn't do enough. Okay, that is a lie from the pit of hell, in Jesus' name, okay? God is excited to spend time with you. Give it up for Sierra, by the way, okay? Seriously. Come on, get loud for Sierra. Point number six, worship team, you guys can come on up. Point number six is this. Jesus and the cross meets us right in our dysfunction. Jesus and the cross meets us right in our dysfunction. My favorite part about this whole entire story is we have this woman, and she's in straight-up dysfunction, okay? Just in dysfunction. And Jesus comes, and he purposely takes a alternate route to go through Samaria, a route that they didn't take. It actually took them longer. It was actually a harder trip for them. But Jesus purposely chooses to take that route because he knows he's going to encounter this one woman. This is how much Jesus loves the one. He takes a completely different route because he's like, I love this woman. Okay. And so he loves this woman so much that he goes, I'm going to meet her right in the middle of all of her junk. Okay? Right in the middle of her failures, right in the middle of her soul being super, super, super messed up. And the reality is this. We need the grace of God every day. I don't know about you, but I sure do. Okay? We need the grace of God every single day of my life. I don't know if you're getting, there's a theme that's like rolling through the whole entire day. And the theme is this, that you need Jesus, and you need Jesus, and you need Jesus, and you need His grace, and you need His grace, and you need the Holy Spirit, and you need this every single day of your life so that your soul can be satisfied, so that your soul can be taken care of. Jesus comes to her and says, go get your husband. She says, I don't have a husband. The woman replied, Jesus said, you're right. You don't have a husband, you have five. Jesus is saying to her, listen, I'm not intimidated and I'm not scared of your dysfunction. But I didn't come here so that you would live in your dysfunction. I came here so you could come out of your dysfunction. I, I've come 
all this way, this alternate route to find you, to help you understand, listen, you don't have to live in this dysfunction. That's a choice. That's what I love about Jesus. When Jesus comes, he goes, listen, I'm going to give you a choice. You can either let go of this dysfunction and grab onto the cross and grab onto me and allow me to satisfy your soul, or you can choose to allow this dysfunction to be your identity. It's your choice. But Jesus goes, I'm a free gift. I'm a free gift. And my grace will abound. And I'll help you if you'll give me the opportunity to take your hands off the dysfunction and to grab onto me. Grab onto my truth. Grab onto my promises. Grab onto my identity. Grab onto me. If you'll let me, I'll heal your soul. If you'll let me, I'll satisfy you in ways you could never imagine. If you'll let me, I'll fill you with joy. If you'll let me, I'll bring peace to your mind. If you'll let me, I'll help give you a new identity. If you'll let me, if you'll let me, this is what Jesus is really saying to this woman. He's saying, listen, if you only knew who you're talking to, if you only knew who you were next to, if you only knew what I wanted to do for you, if you'll just let go of your despair, function, I will take care of you. I will meet all of your needs. I got it all planned out. Everything. Everything. Simone, the Lord just keeps telling me he's got the perfect husband for you. The perfect husband. He knows the desires of your heart. There's nothing you have to search for. Absolutely nothing. God's planned him. He's a godly man. He's a man that's going to honor you. He's going to a man that's going to take good care of you. He's going to be a man that's going to lead your home if you'll just trust the Lord. That's where the Lord goes. The Lord just goes, let me take care of this. Let me take care of your soul. Let me satisfy you. Let me make you whole inside. Amen. Thanks for listening to Elevate Church Podcast. We'd love to have you join us for service on Sundays or at a dinner party on Friday nights. Check out our Facebook, Instagram, or website at elevate.city for more information.